James Franco chokes on Glock. This is spoilers. That's good. That's good. Big black Glock. <laughs> Big black Glock. BBG. The, the BBG. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is your host, Stevie. Welcome to Spoilers. Today, or tonight, or this morning, whatever time you're listening, we are spoiling the 2012 very polarizing Harmony Corrine directed and written film, Spring Breakers. Uh, it came out in 2012, which probably would have been, what was that, guys? Our junior year of college? Sounds about right. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, definitely not me. I think I was about 65 when it came out. <laughs> yeah, I think Josh got a senior discount at the theater when that when this came out. Josh spent his spring break in the trenches of World War One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. Let's go from Isis to Isis, and let me think of a question. Um, since we are in quarantine and we can't go to the movies. Uh, just throw out a movie or a show you recently watched that is not Tiger King that you really liked. Um, let's start. We says, let's go with Pappy. Okay. Uh, I like that. This is Pappy recording from Louisville, Colorado. Um, let's see. Movie or show. I just got to say the first thing that comes to my mind. I'm engaged now. I live with a woman and I'm <laughs> on season six of Sex in the City. So I've almost watched the entire show. Uh, <laughs> I'll Dude. say the first season of Sex in the City is really good. It's really funny. It, I liked it. I, I, I would say it kind of fades as it goes, but so far I'm, I'm in for season six. I'm pretty pumped to be able to watch the movies with some context. So Sex in the City, Pappy. Are you a Samantha or a Carrie, Pap? I'm Samantha all day. I don't know how anybody could be anything but a Samantha, I'm a, frankly. I'm a Charlotte fan, so. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> yeah. And a Kyle McLaughlin fan, too. If you're a Twin Peaks guy, check it out. Mikey or Josh? I'm probably next. Uh, Mikey, recording from Goshen, Indiana. And, uh, hmm. Been watching Sunny, the last season of Sunny, because uh, I haven't seen that yet. And that's on Hulu. That's. Okay, I don't know how much longer that show's going to go on. Honestly, they might need to wrap that up. But uh, forever. Yeah, um, and I'm also watching Curb. That that show is still great. So, that, new season, watching that. Josh, this is Josh. I'm also recording out of Goshen, Indiana. Uh, I finally saw Parasite last night. So, um, that was like the movie I saw directly preceding watching spring breakers stevie so i'm kind of <laughs> oh, glad that's you asked a great that question job. <laughs> it, well i think they both movies have quite a bit of tension and it, by the time i was getting towards the middle and end of spring breakers i was like so exhausted from being scared of what was going to happen <laughs> next on the film <laughs> that's a really yeah, good Parasite, way of putting Parasite's that. amazing i'm not sure if it's my favorite movie from last year but it's it's really great Oh, yeah. Um, uh, this is Brett. I'm recording out of Fort Wayne. Uh, first, just let me throw something in there for the people. We did not know how much a metric ton was. We apologize for that. So, Because um, <laughs> uh, my brother said something to me about it today, and we talked about it today. So we apologize. We 
do not mess with the metric system. Um, <laughs> we finally watched uh, John Wick 3 to finish out the trilogy, and man, those movies are so freaking awesome, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, the third one was definitely silly, but just, those are just so awesome. They, I, I just, I can't really say much about them. Rank them, I love Brett, rank them. So, one, two, three, but one and two for me are very comparable. I think the Baba Yaga scene in the first movie puts it over the edge. What do you think? Um, see, two is my favorite, then one, then Two's three. Two's great. Yeah. yeah, two is great. I, I after I watched two, I couldn't figure out which one I liked the most. But after letting it, I uh, like sit. I think I like one more, a little bit, a little bit. But I will say this: three definitely had my favorite sequence of any film, which is the dogs? kind of the last stand at the hotel, the Continental. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that. Mm. I mean, just nonstop action of that was probably my favorite. But this is your host Stevie, and something I've watched recently that I really liked or enjoyed. <laughs> Yeah, it's not named Tiger King, man. Let's go with Tiger King. No, I'm not going to say Tiger King. I still haven't seen it. It's too big right now. It's too easy to say, yeah, I watched Tiger King. I watched season two, we watched season two of Succession this past week. And nice. I absolutely love that show. It is Arrested Development with a very much darker side. And it's so much fun to watch and hilarious and sad and grueling to watch at times. So anyone who hasn't watched it, stop whatever you're doing. Go check that out. But moving on to Spring Breakers. Um, well, Pixie Bomber really wants us to do a pod on Tiger King. Really? Oh, yeah. It seems sad. I don't know. It'd be hard to hard to talk about. Have you guys listened to like, the behind the scenes of the stuff that like Netflix didn't show? No. no. His racism or whatever? Not his racism. More of just like him waking up, smoking some meth, going outside and murdering a tiger for the fun of it. <laughs> Apparently Joe, doesn't surprise me at all. Joe Exotic is just the meanest, angriest, craziest man to walk this planet. He also manipulated like straight people into being gay. Like he's, he's like an evil person. Yeah, that and I mean just like... I think Netflix is going to release more episodes probably in the next month. That's my bet. I think they have a whole lot more footage. And I don't think they realized, like, how big this was going to get. So I think... I f- my theory is the dark side of Joe Exotic is going to come to light within the next month. Joe Exotic seems like the kind of guy who would fit right in in St. Pete's, Florida. He'd be right at home. Right <laughs> in. Or a presidential election. <laughs> but this movie doesn't really have much of a narrative flow to it if there is one but like pap how does this movie really start um good question so i mean there's <laughs> there's kind of a an intro where they're all smoking weed right like in or, or is this like it has a skrillex song with the spring break is that the very beginning yeah, yeah it's, it's like the, the whole song you know, and like you mentioned, it's a very controversial movie. I think we're going to like run the gambit here as far as our opinions on it. I think that it could be interpreted as a glorification of that from a, like a naive point of view. But it, it, I think that the film is very critical of the spring break party mentality, even though they're making it look like the stereotypical like MTV video here. I don't think you've gotten to where they've gotten critical yet, but I think you're right, Pappy. I think this one right away. It's probably for the people that 
maybe you want to see that in a movie and you get it right away here, right? There's just a lot of bodies, glistening muscles, <laughs> so many boobies. Oh my so goodness. So many bags. At the same time, Pat, like I, I, I agree with you to a certain point, but the four girls are, after they're doing the partying the first couple of days, they are having the time of their life. They want to freeze time and live there. The thing that they hate is when it gets into guns and violence and gangs and stuff like that. So that would be my county argument. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're being critical of spring break at all. They ha- they accomplish everything they want during this spring break. And then they, spoiler alert, murder the guy <laughs> that they were setting out to murder and then walk away scot-free. I, they accomplished everything. I don't think there's any critical thinking about spring break I, here. S- I see what you guys are saying as far as the characters' motivations and what they accomplish, but the way it made me feel as a movie goer was that what they were doing was not very fun. No, that's I agree with that. Like it looked maybe like one of the parties. I was like, oh, it looks fun, but I was thinking the whole time, like I've been to a thousand. Which one, talk. Brett? Which party looked fun? Oh, probably the one where all the girls were naked. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> maybe the first one, like the motel. No, because there's too many guys with in underwear. I don't know, man. I don't know. I it just seemed miserable to me. In your guys' yeah. minds, like, is this – I imagine in my mind, it's why I kind of like this movie. I imagine this type of spring break, not the girls, like, running off with the rapper and murdering people, but, like, the Skrillex songs, like, them in a motel doing cocaine destroying, like, the motels and hotels. I imagine that spring break still very much exists. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I think in certain pockets. Like, I don't think this is, like, spring break on, stero- on steroids. I think there's – this like very much exists to this day. Like if you go to Panama City or I mean Fort Lauderdale for crying out loud, or even Fort Myers with Lonnie Kai, which I imagine some of these motels were based on, like I still think this Or Daytona Beach or Yeah, I Key think this type of spring break like, very much exists. I think that's what makes it really uneasy for me, Stevie, is that I I mean, I never wild out this hard. But Neither I've seen <laughs> I've seen some of these Neither. scenes for sure, and we had a podcast. I forget which pod it was, but we talked about crazy like party scenes we've walked in on. I think, and a lot of ours I think revolved around you know powders and substances on spring yeah. breaks. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Everyone did their craziest story. Super bad, maybe. Was that yeah. when I talked about getting arrested at Halloween? Yeah, the cop, and then the <laughs> someone ripped on the cop's wife and i went to guy and he pulled out coke but i think it's also fair to point out stevie that like this is you know kind of a phenomenon unique to the united states like people in other countries you know who go to university don't have this kind of american spring break experience it's very unique to like almost exclusively the southeast united states where this movie takes place and and we haven't talked about james franco's character yet but like he's constantly bringing up the american dream you know what i mean like he's living the american dream this is the american dream so it Mm -hmm. feels like there's also kind of this element of like getting money attached to it too if that makes sense Uh, i think the american dream is getting two different types of calvin uh, klein (laughs) cologne and mixing them i love (laughs) that line he's like he's like doing the brick from uh (laughs) Anchorman, Look he's pointing to things like Look I love land. I love. Yeah, I mean, guns, like, motherfucker. <laughs> that scene went on about three minutes too long. Yeah, uh, this movie is edited terribly. Yeah, that's my I disagree. Story. I disagree, Mikey. I couldn't disagree more. Oh, I thought God. the editing is phenomenal. 
Uh, Can I help Stevie out? I'll bring us back to the beginning because I think to Mikey's point, this intro of Skrillex where they're just wiling out at the beginning, they use some of that same footage again and again throughout the movie. Definitely. Yes, they do. You act like that's not an intentional choice. They do that multiple times. You act like that's like a lazy choice. I don't care. It looks terrible. It doesn't look terrible. The mm, whole we'll the whole to... point the whole point is like the the, the movie is like a, a haze. You're in a haze on spring yeah, break. Yeah, that's the whole point of the they're movie. They're drunk, they're on drugs, they're smoking pot, they're doing coke like use a different section of the B-roll then at least, not the same shot. But it's literally you're supposed to interpret it as the same shot. Like they're, they're like repetition is a big part of the movie. Like like there are certain lines yeah. that are constantly repeated. Like when they start at the end of a scene and repeat it throughout the entire yeah. time, then revert back and fast forward. It's kind of like you're in a drunken or drugged out haze. Yeah, but when you're sober, it's not enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> when you're sober, it's just a bad movie. <laughs> I take umbrage with the term lazy. Like I, I disagree that it's like uh, taking the short road. I think it's a very intentional choice to create an aesthetic of kind of a blur that the film and spring break ends up being for these girls. I'm I'm one foot in and one foot out because I don't like it when they repeat the same footage, but I love the repeating uh, vocals and audio stuff yes. they do. I love that. I didn't. I like the. I'm the I'm the opposite of that because the first one is women topless being repeated. I guess so. <laughs> Speaking of James Franco, uh, we can go around the table just one buddy, somebody shout out like. Who is Alien, really? While Peter Piper was picking peppers, I was selling yo at the corner store. I started out with 35 grills. Still got about a half a hole to go. Like, I know Alien said, like, he's, like, from St. Pete, and he's a rapper, and he obviously, like, deals, like, in drugs and guns, but, like, do you think this is, like, his first time doing this with Spring Breakers? No. I think he's very predatorial. I do, too. And I think he he's got that. He says he's a what he says he's a gangster with a heart of gold. I think he uses that early on to be predators towards girls. But I guess he doesn't really say. So I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he's not. I don't know. They straight up uh, expositorily drop his whole backstory. He's like, I was the only white person in my neighborhood. All my siblings were murdered growing up. My dad cracked like. You really get his entire story. How much of that do you believe, though, Stevie? None of it. That's not true. None of it. None of it. He was friends with Gucci Man at the end. Big Arch. But when they were kids, so they obviously grew up together. I think Alien is that type of guy that would like take stories from Arch, like who may have had that life, and apply it to himself. That's like the type of guy that I see Alien being. It's a mixture of like Riff Raff and like Little Wayne and this Russin guy. What is this game? Danger Russ. Danger Russ. Danger Russ. <laughs> First of all, speaking of Little Wayne, I want to mention that Jode had Jordan Long, one of our hosts, had that exact Little Wayne poster that is prominently displayed in the movie in our college dorm room. And when I saw it, I just like audibly gasped. I was like, oh, I remember that, which which is funny. <laughs> but I think. <laughs> I think a fair portrait too of of Alien is kind of the company he keeps. Like, what's up with those twins who share everything? You met the twins. Now you gotta watch out for these twins. You know they do everything together. They eat together. They sleep together. And they share their women. You know what they're all about, do you? 
double penetration. That's how they do it. Isn't that right? <laughs> Calm down over there. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll keep them on a leash. Yeah, they're pretty weird. I was kind of sad. I mean, I wouldn't say sad, but I thought it was kind of weird how they weren't a more prominent part of the movie. I figured they would have come into play. Yeah, they didn't seem to want to get down on any of the crazy stuff, which they made it seem like early on that they were crazy. They're like homeschooled, right? (laughs) Homeschooled? Probably. I don't know. I mean, this movie doesn't follow very casual, I mean, even just standard movie beats, which is why I was so surprised who I was so surprised that Selena Gomez, who outside of James Franco is like the big Bill star of this movie, left like halfway through it and never returned. I'm glad, though, that that made sense in the story, though. Faith, good character name or two on the nose? Faith. Both. Do you think she got halfway through this production and was like, oh, what is this movie? And <laughs> found an excuse to get offset. <laughs> Maybe. No, f- Faith as a name, Pappy, is definitely an intentional choice as well. And like that whole scene, which is probably the cringiest scene of the whole movie, James Franco is just rubbing Selena Gomez's face down. Ugh. And he's like, man, you're so pretty. You only look like you're 15. And it's so bizarre and meta and also, though, kind of entertaining to see like <laughs> James Franco play maybe what he has done before. I just want you guys to know that we're already on minute 60 of this 90-minute movie. <laughs> We've been yeah, talking about true. 10 minutes. Well, I mean, this movie doesn't really have a narrative. There's not really like beat by beat to go through, but like definitely when they're at Yeah, definitely when they're at the pool halls when the movie kind of really tonally shifts from kind of like wow, these kids are wild do Oh my God, what might happen? Kind of what Josh was talking about, kind of the tension in the movie. Um, did you get a sense of that, Pap? Just the very abrupt tonal shift in the movie when they were at the pool hall? Yeah, it's like everyone's been saying. It, it takes on, and it's not the first time. I think there's like an earlier party where some frat boys, and it takes on a very rapey vibe at that point too. Yes. Where yeah. like one of the sisters, like one of, I call them sisters, or like one of the women is like, you're not going to fuck me. And he's like, yes, I am. And they keep going back and forth. It's, it's very, a very strange interaction, but I think, I, I think it is worth noting. And I, and I picked up more on this the second time is this movie's definitely doing some stuff with race. I don't know what it's doing. Yes. I, I don't claim to know, like, like even like to be able to dissect it, but I, it is worth noting that like when they show the scenes of the spring breakers, face Selena Gomez is partying with a bunch of white dudes and they're doing drugs, they're doing cocaine, alcohol is involved, and she's very comfortable. And then in this pool hall scene, this is the first time where there's more... Don't. Wait a second, Brett. There's more black people involved, and then all of a sudden now she's very uncomfortable. But what were you, you going to say, Brett? I don't see that like that at all. It's just they're different. It seems like a very intentional choice. I don't know. I, but there's literally no people of color partying with the spring break people and in the pool hall it's very pronounced i, I feel like that can't be coincidence it just seems like a much different atmosphere they're different but they're doing the same thing i think that's kind of what pappy's point is is like selena gomez feels like she's in a controlled environment when she's like with the white guys white girls partying but when she gets you know to that pool hall where everybody's doing the exact same thing and it's a bunch of african-american guys everyone's got guns and stuff it's a different it's a way different atmosphere yeah like yeah maybe 
I mean, there were a couple of white people there, but I'm not trying to make, even say that's like making a profound statement on race, but I, but I think it is like worth noting too, like even going back to the lecture hall, like they're, they're getting a lecture about Jim Crow and like racism in the South. And like they could be in any fucking classroom. They could be in a calculus class. They could be like in a physics class. They could be in a fucking women's studies class, but they're in a history class learning about racism and Jim Crow in the South. And that feels like. That has to play thematically somehow. Like that's <laughs> to Brett's not- point, I think that she had been in jail, so she's a little traumatized by that. But to your point, Pappy, like I think James Franco really pushes her in that no, really for sure. cringy scene on this. And like the best she can come up with is, and I this is one of my notes. This isn't why we came here. Like because he's pointing <laughs> out what you're saying. Like we're having fun, just like you were doing before. We're just partying. I got you out of jail, actually. Mm-hmm. Like. I think there is something happening there. And honestly, like I said, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to try and know what this movie's doing, but I think it's more of a commentary on like a life of privilege versus a life of like hustling. You know what I mean? Like all of these girls are, are white. They're at a college. They seem to have maybe not like a ton of extra money in the bank, but they're, they're so dissatisfied yeah. with their life where they're getting like a, this awesome education and, and they're looking for more. And I, I think that's kind of more. Yeah, Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens are super white. <laughs> well, to that point, I would say I, the getting down with Jesus guy or jacked up on Jesus is probably one of my favorite characters. And I would really. Jeff Jarrett. I, I want to know what like the Christian hardcore college scene is like. I, I want to see a whole movie about that. I want a movie on that guy. <laughs> Could you say that the reason they're talking about, uh, Jim Crow and all that stuff is to show that the girls there couldn't give two craps about anything other than dicks and and getting and partying and stuff like that. Like they, even something as serious as civil rights, they just don't care. They want to get out of there so bad. Oh, very possible. I, I, dude, I don't understand this movie at all. Like the first time I watched it, <laughs> I was really frustrated. The second time I watched it, I, like more or less washed over me. I'm like, I think there's like some cool stuff going on here but i i this movie is a mystery box to me jj abram style let's be honest the the history lesson they were getting was not very convincing so i don't think this movie even knows what it's saying about race <laughs> the guy if you guys are what listening with like captions on he's just like yeah so uh, world war ii was bad and was bad, and, uh, it was obviously based on racism it's like very not very intellectual thought on the whole race. I said to, to Brittany, uh, if I was Selena Gomez's character, I, I would do the same thing. I'd be gone. You couldn't talk me. I mean, Josh knows me well enough to know that if I was in a situation where I was uncomfortable, I would get a cab and I would leave. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. I just keep in mind, like James Franco's acting like she owes him, like that she's his property yes. now. It's because, very like, creepy. She re- that he rented her because he got her out, and, and it is he is acting differently. But Josh added, you know, they just got out of jail. They're surrounded by. And also, this might go to show that uh, Alien was telling the truth that he grew up with only black people because maybe that's where they're at, where he grew up, and those are all his boys from mm-hmm. childhood. I don't know. I think a lesser movie too. I don't know, like, if I read this on the back of, like, a box at some point or some sort of synopsis. I thought that James Franco was forcing these girls to stay in Florida. But, like, he has a total open-door policy. If you want to leave, you can leave. And and I think a lesser movie, you could see where it would have been like, you know, you got to do this robbery for me now or else, you know, something bad's going to happen. But it's 
It's not that simple. I'm with, I'm with you, though. I think that would have been a better movie. I'm with you, though, pa- Pappy. I'm with you, <laughs> oh, but God. what do you think he would have been like if three of the four had been like, yeah, we're going home? You think he would have been as open door with them? Doubtful. Or is it like, well, one of them's going. She's the least cool. She can go. And then I know the other one left, but, you know, she just got shot. I'm just saying, I, you're probably right, but I wonder what would the his demeanor would have been if two or three of them decided we're going home. Mm-hmm. If he would have been so hunky-dory about them leaving or not. But I don't know. He did say your friends aren't going, but maybe that was more of just their mindset of they want to do this. They love the party lifestyle. I don't know. Well, I mean, Stevie, you mentioned that this movie is like really mixed on the critical scale. Like, is this... Very. Is this, despite all the bags and the asses and the gratuitous nudity, is this a female empowering movie because the women choose to stay there and they sort of choose this life of crime or the the ones who do, you know what I mean? I don't think it's an empowering movie at all. I think what this movie's trying to say on a deeper level is you are who you are and there's no changing it. Cause if you look at the character arcs of these characters, they don't have one. They are who they are. Yes. Yeah, so Lee, like uh, Gomez, uh, faith goes a little off course, but like gets right back on there. Cotty. I think her name was Cody. I, can't, I, I really don't remember the names of these girls. Who is kind of the bridge between Selena Gomez and the two sociopaths? Like the like, she's there until it gets dangerous when she gets shot, and she's like, "I'm done," and then she leaves. Then the two girls are really in their natural element, which is, I mean, they even said at the beginning when those two um, two other ladies outside the church, when like those two girls are psychos, like they're bad news. They just are who they are. And even if you look at it on the level of Alien, when they're in the pool and they're talking about going to Arch's place, they keep calling him a scaredy cat and a scaredy cat. Well, at the very end, James Franco doesn't even raise his gun. He just gets shot in the head. I just think like this movie just says you are who you are and there's no changing it. They made a big point of showing like Ashley. I think it was Ashley Benson's character sticking a squirt gun in her mouth at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she doesn't change from that. but. Can we? Can I skip to the very end spoiler here, Stevie? Go ahead, dude. This movie has yeah. no narrative, so it's a flash. Go forward. anywhere you want. <laughs> it's a flash forward to Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Benson talking to their moms and talking about how they're going to be better people. Do you think that's just them con- continuing their sociopathic lifestyle, basically? Very much so. I also think it's kind of the knock on college students in general, where college students will like talk to their parents like after a night of partying. Or like, you know, before they're going to party, like, what are you guys doing tonight? Oh, just staying in and watching a movie. And I think it's one of those things where like if parents really saw what their kids are doing kind of thing. Yeah, but not every parent's like that. Like my parents weren't going to be like, you can't go out tonight. Now the thing. I just think it's an overall critique of it, Brett. I mean, you you look at it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to say every time I came home for a semester or summer, I had to like do that thing. I'm going to be better this time. I promise I'll be better. I mean, like I understand that. It just was different yeah. for me. It, mine wasn't crazy drugs and murdering people, at least that, not that the cats know <laughs> right, about. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll never find those bodies. But um, it was different. But yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I, I'm i with you there. Mm-hmm. Like they said, they're like old-ish and they're like, oh, I know you never would have let me go. So yeah, they. I mean, they have to tell their parents something. So their parents seem to be a little involved in their life. And like I talked about the race stuff before, but I feel like. Anyone who had a child 
would pray to God that it like, would make they would make the same choice Selena Gomez makes. You know what I mean? Like she feels oh, yeah. the things going oh, wrong. Yeah. Like, I feel like my parents are like even like drill this into my brain. If you have a bad feeling about something, just get the fuck out of there. Like oh, that's yeah. what you want your kid to do. <laughs> you know to I mean? make the right decision for sure. Mm. I don't know you. All right. I'll tell you what. I like you. I like you. I can do nothing to hurt you. You see that? If you want to go home, you can go home. But then you're just going to be home. You're going to be back right where you started. You're going to be thinking... Hmm. Maybe I missed something out there. Mikey, as someone who gave this movie a lesser rating than the last airbender on Letterboxd, <laughs> which really angers me. Mikey's coming hot this pod, I'll say. Coming in hot. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes, which I hope you like this, is when James Franco sits at the piano and starts singing Britney Spears to those girls. Did you like that scene at all? That's my favorite scene in the whole movie, by the way. I loved it, dude. It was beautiful. No. Ugh. No. <laughs> Everything about this movie is trash. And James Franco was playing this piano throughout various parts of the movie. And by playing, I mean strumming one key on the piano <laughs> and just talking out loud across his pool. He's just getting his beats ready, man. Paul Dano did it better on piano. For sure. <laughs> like I said, this movie is edited terribly. There's just a montage of them swinging their guns around the pool. And it seems to last for like five fucking minutes, man. It's terrible as they're screeching out this Britney Spears cover, which sounds like shit. Uh, no, I didn't. But like then it. Britney Spears starts really singing. They're but then dancing. Britney comes in, bro. I loved that. I thought that was the best scene of the movie. That like three to five minute sequence. Like, how are they not drawing more heat from the local authorities? James Franco is, like, jumping up and down, looking ridiculous. They're shoving, or they're, they're raiding wedding parties and, like, shoving the yeah, bride's party. Yeah, they robbed the wedding. Yeah, but, it doesn't make any but sense. But a crazy white people party gets raided by cops, but they're going around. He doesn't even wear a mask. Yeah, they're beating. <laughs> he might even have beat that guy to death that he pistol whipped. I mean, all that right. blood that came out. Yeah, there's no cops. They're all after Moondog. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, who'd you like more, Alien or Moondog? Moondog. That's saying something when Moondog is the more likable character. Definitely. <laughs> he was more fun. Like He had uh, an air of fun about him. Alien had an air of turd and, yeah, no, I mean, no, definitely Moondog. So, Harmony Korine has this thing, like, with Snoop Dogg and Moondog. Whoa. Snoop Dogg and Beach Bum <laughs> being like an actual like pop star, or like R&B singer and Gucci Mane and this being like an actual gangster like he is in real life. Like all that said, why would James Franco accept this role? Like 
it's clear that Harmony Corinne is saying, like, hey, you're kind of this predatory type that wants to play a predatory type. James Franco got really method over the next five years after doing this movie. <laughs> after the release of this movie. Yeah. I knew you were special. <laughs> I don't, that's an interesting point, because if you would have told me a year ago we would have done two Harmony Corinne, Corone, how do you say his last name? Corinne, Corinne, Corinne movies. Corine, Corine, Harmony Corine. I never would have guessed know. that, but like, he seems to have a very specific aesthetic too. You know what I mean? It's more than just like the Florida trash guy. It's it's the neon lighting. It's yeah. it's like you mentioned. There's a very he's he's not tour. You know what I mean? Love him or hate him, he's making definitely. I'm thinking the same thing. He's making his movies. Did that bright pink pier with their like neon like bathing suits not look incredible at the end before they it went? looked amazing aesthetically just look gorgeous and I understand like how crazy it is to think that two college girls with these automatic weapons are taking out an entire like protected drug <laughs> den but still looked incredible to me yeah they both had one magazine they're going up against stormtroopers yeah <laughs> and these guys are just falling over yeah one magazine <laughs> holding a a, a freaking uzi just about and just perfect perfect aim one magazine apiece that's all they need <laughs> i think one of the scenes that sums up the editing style i'm interested to see what mikey thinks but they're just like riding scooters back to their apartment or hotel or whatever and It'll just like intercut a shot of the water randomly and then go back to like them scootering around again. Yeah, it's terrible. But it is like an aesthetic choice to like, I don't know. I, I could see both sides of it, I guess. So Josh, do you like it or hate it? The movie, the movie or the editing style? <laughs> the editing. <laughs> As an editor. Yeah. I think, well, the reason I bring that up is because what Pappy's saying as far as just being an auteur, I think there's hits and misses throughout the movie. Like I said, when they repeat exact shots and B-roll, not a fan. It just makes me like come out of the movie a little bit. But when they would repeat the audio, I fell deep, like headlong into that. And I think just depending on the shot, like they do so much weird out of sequence stuff. I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work so well. I was watching an interview today with Harmony Corinne or Corine or however you say his last name. Coraline. And Corine? I don't Coraline. know. You're doing Coraline? Yeah. Corine. Never mind. Corine? Yeah, Harmony Corine, maybe. <laughs> Corona. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. And he was talking about how he did the same thing with Beach Bum, too, how he kind of wanted to make this movie into a pop album. And so that's why he had people repeating dialogue so much. And that's why he was repeating scenes so much is because he would see those scenes and he would like use those as hooks as if they were like in a pop song for yeah, a pop Yeah, that's like album. the chorus, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where the editing yeah, style I'm, I'm came sure from. I'm sure that's exactly what he told himself after he made the movie and got <laughs> oh so much God, shit for Mikey. it. Sure, that's exactly what he told himself in his Did head. Did you not enjoy that part where he's like, are we going to do this or not? Are you fucking scared? I hated that. that. Oh my gosh, I hated that. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Sprang Brag. Yeah, this movie could honestly be 70 minutes long. It's a 90 minute movie. There's 20 minutes. Oh my of gosh, I was going to say scenes. the same thing earlier. I was going to be like, it's 94 <laughs> minutes and about 70 minutes of original material. But Mikey Aren't said. Are you guys it. happy this movie wasn't two hours long? Thank God, yes. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying it. it 
didn't need to be longer. No, it did not. <laughs> Mikey, what about when they robbed the chicken shack or whatever it's called? Like, I've never seen a robbery scene executed in that way where it's kind of like That was circling. pretty cool. That, that was, was pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. was good. The tracking shot while she's driving around the parking lot, yeah, that's cool. But uh, they never go back to anything like that. Yeah. And they don't repeat anything in that scene. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they kind of, I was kind of hoping that they just rob people throughout the whole movie. I've already seen the movie, but I don't know. You kind of end up hoping that the plot is something totally different. And like James Franco holding them hostage to rob banks or something is much more interesting than them. You had see, seen this already, this Mikey? Yeah, like way long ago. I didn't remember anything okay. about it. Pappy, I think what you said is holding true even in this scene. Like as they pan <laughs> around, everything seems to be going according to plan until they reach like this kind of badass looking black dude yeah, just like calmly yeah. eating his stuff. Um <laughs> Then the plates I don't know, and I th- then the plates drop. I thought they were gunshots. I don't know if they did that on purpose. Like a lot of stuff glass started breaking. But go ahead, Josh. There's a lot of gunshots in this movie, but I think Mikey said earlier like he's just some random like, oh, Nazis are bad, but I think the lesson they're saying and I've tried to kind of kind of google this a little bit is that Jim Crow was called the second civil rights movement and he's talking about how that's like a continuation because second restoration. Things are still like moving and heading towards somewhere. It doesn't like fully resolve itself in one quote movement so i think maybe (laughs) corinne is trying to portray what the third restoration is or something like that pappy i'm not i'm not smart enough to like pick up what he's putting down about race but i'll say too is it the rise of young white women in the south because they totally murked a bunch of black dudes at the end i don't know what the message (laughs) was a restoration it was something yeah, I mean, but I'll say too, like, I, I was talking to my fiance about this. Like, the choice of who Gucci Mane has as his two lovers at the end of his life versus the choice of, like, just aesthetically, what the women look like, the choice of, like, who James Franco has at the end of his True. life. Like, that's a choice. <laughs> he's making an intentional choice. I don't know what he's trying to say, but it's, there's two very thick, bootylicious women versus two, like, petite. Blonde women, and I and I also think it's interesting Dude. too, <laughs> Pappy. Well, no, I think it's interesting too. Like even going back to like silent films, it's a very much of a trope that like the blonde woman. Oh my god, Pap's Pap is searching no, deep no. for something listen, to hold this movie listen. in high regard Bre- Bre- <laughs> because it is just so gross. Bre- well, back me up. It's a he's looking for anything to grab onto that isn't a bag. Bre- well, back me up. <laughs> going back to the history of film, like it's a classic trope to have the blonde woman be the good woman and the dark-haired woman be the That's evil true. woman, and to That's have true, yeah. faith playing against type is an interesting choice well you know what gucci man's women are also within his age age range so <laughs> you can't hold that against i'm them. not holding anything against the same for alien pappy who's to say that they didn't line up the candidates for the job and say gucci Mane, who do you want to be banging in this scene he's like those two very possible i'm not smart enough to interpret the choices i'm saying he's pretty fearless in the choices that he's making which i find commendable josh i have a question for you uh-huh I think we kind of brought this up in the beach bum about how at the end when Moondog burns the money and he's just Ugh. kind of in that little boat drinking his life away again, like he's going to do this again. He's going to go solo and he's going to reach peaks and he's going to 
do the same thing, which is pretty much burning his life away. Yeah. Where do these two girls at the end go from here? I I was thinking about this earlier, and I think I think that scene is ultimately what makes Moondog a slightly stronger movie than this. Mm-hmm. Because he does have like an action at the end, kind of. This is more just like you said, kind of a flat line sort of story. And yeah. Yeah, there's still, no arcs. I really like this movie. I'm going to give it a yes later, but I do think that scene specifically makes Beach Bum a little more poetic in the end. Like, <laughs> they just go back to class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the guns. I'll take the Stevie question this week. Okay, what happens at the end is they get pulled over in the stolen car of the person that was just murdered and they go to prison. That's what happens to him. That's very likely. I mean, why are they driving around his freaking Ferrari or whatever? I mean, it's so stupid. But they're white, so they probably won't get pulled over. <laughs> I don't think Vanessa Hudgens is that white. She can blonde hair in now, this she's movie, not that so. much not white, but, you know. she's She can pass. <laughs> pass. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's just kind of a chaotic movie because, you know, you kind of think all these girls are going to be together in the end, but eventually going separate ways. But just to have what I felt like was a good portion of the movie, just those two girls was an interesting choice, I thought, especially just because of who the actresses and actors were. Um, anything I'm missing in this movie? Are they lovers? Like, is it kind of a Bonnie and Clyde sort of yeah, retelling? I think that, I don't know if they're lovers, but they're like, peanut butter and jelly i mean they just like together they do they ride or die together i don't know i wouldn't say they wouldn't go a little at it if they've gotten to a threesome (laughs) i wish we would have seen that movie (laughs) do you think um do you think it helps i'll ask the people that like really like the movie like that selena gomez is probably at least five years younger than the rest of the girls you think that helps her she looks younger. She's more innocent. Plus, she's you know Disney princess. I think that worked pretty well in the movie's favor. She does have a real air of innocence in this movie, even when she's like wilding out, like in the motels and hotels. Like she still does have an innocence to her. She, the other girls are like twenty five, twenty six. She's like nineteen. First of all, it's weird to see her like doing karaoke to Britney Spears because they kind of have like similar trajectories there, but. Speaking of the cast of the girls, like I was shocked when I found one of the the girl that shows her boobs the most is the director's freaking wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The red haired girl, Rachel Cotty? Karine, Karini, Karine. However you say it. I think her. Yeah, she's the one that got shot in the arm, right? Good for you. Yep. Good for you, Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go home. I got shot in the arm. I can't stay on oh. school break anymore. Gangster playtime's over. <laughs> Stevie, is this the first A24 movie? Is this like one this of the first? This is the first one. The first one. Hmm. Do you think it's kind of indicative of what the studio has now come to represent? Yeah, I really do. Especially in that, I don't know if you remember the advertising for it, but it was very salacious. It was selling a movie that is not what you're buying. No. I mean, what it was selling was more of what I think Mikey was talking about, where kind of. James Franco maybe taking him somewhat hostage and then like robbing people. And also, I remember the trailer for this. It was very whispery. 
And they just whispered spring break over and over and over. <laughs> well, A24 doesn't deal with race too often, so I guess we can cross that off the list. <laughs> right, yeah. Stevie, according to Wikipedia, this was the third A24 movie. Was it? Yeah. I swear this was the first feature movie feature release. It might full be feature, feature yeah. But the first one was Roman Coppola, and it had a pretty monster cast. Oh, no, but I meant like nationwide release. Yeah, this first one made $210,000, but it does have... Schwartzman, Bill Murray, and Charlie Sheen in it. So I went back and looked at like some of the Letterboxd reviews too from like when this first came out, and this is even in the early days of Letterboxd. But like, it's just a chronicle of people talking about how like everyone walked out of their theater in the middle of this movie. Like, I was pretty much the last one left, and I liked it. Is is basically some of a lot of the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to your question, Pap, I think this is very indicative of what A twenty four has become. That's why. It's almost kind of like an event when they release a movie. You really don't know what you're going to get. And a lot of the times, I mean, it's with their marketing. It started kind of at ground zero with this one. Like, they are selling a movie that, that I mean, that you're not buying. Like, remember what happened with um, It Comes a Night with You and Me? Mm-hmm. Like, we thought we were getting an awesome monster movie in the woods that never came to. Yeah, and that wasn't my only problem with A24, but they very much run it like a siloed company. Like the guy who's making the, or the person who's making the film is making the film. Then marketing's job is to get people in the theater no matter what it takes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like use this film, cut it up however, but just get butts in seats. Very much so. Um, you guys ready for yes or no's? Yeah. Alrighty. Does mm-hmm. Mikey like Lana Del Rey? I'm going to guess no. I do. <laughs> I do. I feel like if you I like Lana Del Rey. I feel like if you like her, you would like this movie. <laughs> Gosh, those don't correlate at all. <laughs> what? That's not the same thing at all. Lana Del Rey is a sad Mike, girl. Do you like do you like Skrillex? I hate Skrillex. This movie is more dubstep than it is Lana Del Rey. You did the entire. I was going to say. I think this correlates with if you like Skrillex, you like this movie. I like Skrillex. Actually, I do like Skrillex, but I like dubstep a lot more than most people. So. Good for you, Brett. All right. Um, let's just get this out of the way. Mikey, <laughs> give me your full-fledged, honest, no-holds-bar review of this movie, yes or no? Uh, it's just a no. I hate the way it's edited. And uh, I think the dialogue is uh, really terrible. I was surprised that this was an A24 movie, but they kind of like stick to their guns uh, when they're making movies and... They're going to make whatever movie they want to make, and you're just going to sit there and watch it. So that's exactly what they did with this like early movie of theirs. And it's interesting to see like how different they are now, but um, I hate this movie. I hated it the first time I watched it, and I hated it the second time I watched it. And I don't know. Creepy James Franco being creepy James Franco is not fun to watch for me. <laughs> So it's a hard pass to no dog. Mikey did not think it was special. Um, Josh. Thanks, Stevie. Um, I'm really still, try- after all these spoilers episodes, still trying to zero in on what a yes and a no means for myself. Um, <laughs> but I think introspective. It's yeah, pretty this- inconsistent <laughs> judging us the Fast and Furious franchise, but, yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> Agreed, and that's why I am so curious about my inner workings, but I think this movie does succeed in putting you in a mood and expressing 
expressing emotions effectively. It's it it does cross the threshold in the art for sure. Even if some of the B-roll shots that they repeat annoy me, I think just to add a little more to that conversation, I think like if the B-roll shots they used, maybe the crowd was like thinning out throughout that, and people were looking more and more strung out, or if they showed more and more nudity as it went on or some sort of like like build up. But the fact that it was the exact same shots, it really did bother me. And I think you could argue it's kind of a lazy choice or something they just kind of found in editing and didn't really plan for. Uh, But that is getting like so incredibly nitpicky. I really love the images in this movie and I love the repeating vocalizations and i love thinking of movies as like an album or like a soundtrack in itself and um i can't wait to cover more movies from this director um i've seen gummo too we haven't talked about some of his other movies but is it good <sighs> it's weird it it makes you feel a lot weirder than this <laughs> no <laughs> nice uh brett Okay, so halfway through the movie, uh, Brittany asked if it was going to be yes or no, and I said, oh, it's probably going to be yes. She goes, yeah, figures. And uh, by the end, I told her that I was going in and it was going to be a no unless I was talked out of it, and I was not <laughs> talked out of it. Um, I, don't, I, don't hate, I don't hate this movie, Stevie. I don't hate it at all. Um, I didn't, like, super enjoy it, but I thought... The, I mean, the colors were, like, freaking gorgeous. I mean, I don't even think I noticed how awesome that thing was with the pink and then the green the that you were talking yeah. about until you mentioned it. So, I mean, I loved... I, I thought that three to five minute Britney Spears scene was awesome. But this was a movie I kind of, like, couldn't wait. I got to the point where I couldn't wait for it to end. I couldn't believe how little dialogue the girls actually had that weren't voiceovers. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be 70% uh, James Franco talking. Uh, I, I, again, I didn't hate it. I just, it's it's not a movie. I, I'm glad I watched it, but it's not a movie I'll ever watch again. And uh, I don't love this guy's style uh, that much. But, so I'll give it a no, a really soft no, but I know. I'm, I'm sorry, What do you Stevie. not like about foggy, hazy, dreamy, ethereal? Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's true. Okay. I forgot, I meant to say that. Uh, this is a movie that I feel like it was made for people to watch on shrooms or stone <laughs> and, or, or drunk, and I was stone cold sober. So, I mean, I think that might have ruined it for me. I mean, there, I feel like there are movies that are made like for that reason. I think this might have been one of them. And I just, it just, it was just so, a little too hazy. It was just so vast. So, no, I, I'm going to have to give it a no. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Happy. So yeah, this is a yes. It's kind of the antithesis of Cats. When I said on that podcast where it's like, I thought it was a terrible movie, but I enjoyed watching it. I think this is a good movie, but I don't know if I like to watch it. I, I think it's, I appreciate the vision more. I appreciate like these chronicles of just like the shitty people in Florida in the 21st century. I think these stories need to be told and documented in film <laughs> so like, people can see like what this place was like at this point in time. Um, I don't, it's not a perfect movie. I, I think that some of the dialogue is actually really clunky. I wish there was more 
personality parsed out between the girls other than uh, Selena Gomez. Uh, the the three of them just kind of blend together other than that. But I, I again, I appreciate the art. This is kind of the groundwork of what A24 movies are going to be. It's weird. It's arty. It's not really what you're expecting when you go into it. Uh, a lot of gratuitous nudity, but I think it serves as a purpose. I'm not exactly sure what purpose, but I think there's a purpose being served, and I'll watch this again someday, and maybe I'll be a little bit wiser. But for now, it's a definite yes. I feel like you should check out this movie, along with Beach Bum, and hopefully another third Florida Man Chronicles movie that we'll cover on this podcast. Florida Dirtbag Trilogy. It's all I want. Um, yeah, this is a solid yes for me. I'm kind of in the same camp with Pappy. I texted him after watching this going, this movie is so strange because you're talking about really greasy, grimy people in really bad situations, Mm -hmm. but it also looks beautiful. I thought, I mean, I get it, Mikey, but I thought the editing was awesome from the repeat vocals to the repeat of scenes. Um... It's just a very interesting movie. It's something you don't see every day, and Harmony definitely has his own unique style. I mean, I definitely think it got better with Beach Bum. Definitely thought he improved from there, but uh, yeah, solid yes for me. Um, Hey, Stevie. What's up? Did you like... There's kind of a Beach Bum prelude when he's like kind of creating poems on the fly with his (laughs) piano. (laughs) Bad, bad poems, though. (laughs) It was there. <laughs> Moon Dog was there the whole time. <laughs> it was a spark that created a rebellion that was Moon Dog. <laughs> That's about what I thought. It was it two no's and three yeses? That sounds about right. Yeah, it's about right. That's about what Rotten Metacritic was. So that's about right. Are you guys ready for trivia? And what is the order? Oh no! Uh, I it's closest to boys. It's closest to. It's a fun I- one. I hosted most recently on Mulan. Then I think it's Brett with District Me. 13, and then it's Mikey with Fast and Furious 6, and then it's Josh with Forrest Gump. So Mikey first, Josh Ooh. last. Uh, All right. Pappy. Pappy first, Brett, Josh. Mikey, then Josh. Yep. Okay. So we went to a really greasy part of Florida which was St. Pete, which looked like Panama to me on spring break. And we are going to go to the opposite of that in Orlando, Florida, in Disney's Magic Kingdom. Mm. I need from you guys, what is the daily average attendance in the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida? Wow. Pappy, go. Closest to, you can't go over. Do you want us to go by weight and metric tons, or... Oh, if you want to go by average poundage, I mean... You know, I'm joking. <laughs> Can you repeat the question, Pappy? Or, Stevie? What is the daily average, or daily... um The average daily attendance of Disney's Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida? Not all the parks, just the Magic Kingdom. Gotcha. Thank you. Yep. Is this during the corona quarantine or this is not during <laughs> zero this is zero, not during corona uh, this is hard I will say 36,000 oh wow happy 36k okay then it goes to Brett, Me. Brett. um 
I'll say 7,000. 7,000 to Brett. Then it goes to Mikey. Uh, having zero context of anything Disney Parks related, I'll say 10,000. 10,000 to Mikey. Last but not least, Josh. <sighs> okay. I think we had a trivia question recently that said, like, 13 million is how many they get a year. Uh-oh. And that divided by 365 is like just under 36k. So I don't want to be a huge jerk. So I'll say I'll just say 35k and give Pappy a little bit of breathing room. <gasps> and retail price is 57,148 people. Wow. Wow. I, I, I haven't been there in a long time. I I guess I don't. I forgot how big it is. That means your Next week's host is Pappy. It's a back-to-back Pap. Back-to-back Pap. What a fun time. What a time to be alive in quarantine. Um, Josh, you did math and got it. Yeah, That's Josh. 20 million a year. Uh, it's, Our trivia is <laughs> don't align. You, you messed up. I mean, yeah, the Magic Kingdom is definitely the most visited park, but I think the Animal Kingdom is going to be up there not too... I mean, it's getting there with Avatar. Uh, but I'll let Pappy uh, think about what his pick for next week's is, and uh, who do I kick it? Who do I kick it to? Spoiler man, He's Stevie. When are they going to open up the Tiger Kingdom? The Tiger Kingdom. <laughs> oh, my dream for a new park would just be the Villains Park, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Oh, Jafar Park, Jafar, uh, just a Jafar roller coaster. That's all I want. Uh, but uh, I haven't hosted in so long. Do I kick it to Spoilers Man? Kick it. Yep. Kick it. All right. Take it away, Spoilers Man. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. And we're back. Pappy, what is the movie that we'll be spoiling next time out? I haven't picked a movie that I haven't seen before in a long time. And I I think I want to do that this time. Uh, We're going to... This is our second Harmony Corone movie. I'm going to pick the second movie from this director. I've heard a lot of mixed things... Mostly extremely negative, but apparently there's a twist in this movie that must be seen to be believed. I don't know what the twist (laughs) is. This is actually on the recommendation of Film Dylan, friend of the podcast. We're going to go with 2019, starring Matthew McConaughey, speaking of the beach bum, and Anne Hathaway, directed by Stephen Knight, the director of Locke. We'll see if he's actually a good director (laughs) and spoiling Serenity, 2019. Yes! What the heck are we... you know what? I'm excited to see What's this. What's it called? Because the twist is so ridiculous. It is so amazing. I cannot spoil it. I don't know what the, spo- I don't so know what the twist is. It's called Serenity, Brett. Oh, okay. It is incredible. This is going to be such a fun episode to spoil. You should watch the trailer before you watch the movie. Yeah. Just because what I know of the spoiler, the trailer makes no sense. I don't don't give too much away. Okay. I mean, we're giving a, nothing away because I don't, I don't be... want you to give anything uh, away to a movie. The Washington Post gave a twelve. Serenity now, Serenity now. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm so confused on the spoiler. I don't even know if it's real. Just what I've read. I am I so even... excited. Right Who has now. seen it? <laughs> I've seen it. I know nothing other than it's supposed to be crazy. <laughs> Gosh, it's going to be amazing. Well, thank you for listening to all us break down Spring Breakers. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, like your podcast, rate break us. down. Yeah. So, uh, also check out our next episode. Pat, do we have any episodes coming out before we do Serenity? Uh, yeah, I think Mikey will have his last punishment episode out. Uh, we're continuing the movie game, uh, and we might. We had a fan request for someone who's been listening for over a year to do Ratatouille. We're gonna try to make good on that and uh, do a special yeah, episode for I've that. I've seen it. Cool. And, uh, yeah, again, like, I know this is a tough time for everybody. People aren't, you know, listening to podcasts in their car or, like, work where they, they used to. So if you're if you're still hanging in there with us, if you're still listening, DM us, email us, like Spoilerman told you how to. And we'll, we'll do the movie you ask us to do. We're going to make make time for our fans for, for sticking through us during this time. Yeah, not to put you guys on the spot, but can we make – can we do maybe an extra pot or two, like, while we're quarantined in? Maybe Ratatouille is not just, like, a weekly one but a bonus one. I think we can make that happen. I can I'll watch that. Ratatouille right now. Let's do it later tonight. I'll watch Ratatouille. I, mean, I made I made Ratatouille last week and it was amazing. <laughs> Let's record tomorrow. Ratatouille, who's down? Wait, tomorrow? I gotta work tomorrow. Let's talk. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That was spoilers. Are we getting off the Fast Furious train until closer to 9 being released? I'm not picking a Fast and Furious movie. Thank you, Pap. 9's never coming out. <laughs> it's not happening. You ready, Pap? Let me... Let me see if this is what I really want to do. Hold on. Oh, no. Is it that Russian movie you love? It's like four hours long. I think I'm going to miss that one. What's that called? Stalker? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Mikey's never been to Florida? No. No. What? You're not missing that much, bro. It's really it's, it's pretty. It's very pretty. Like, but like I would hate to live there. I would hate to be there more than like a week. Same, bruh. Same. Dude, when you step out like at the airport and you're not by the water in like summer, it's you just want to die.
It it sucks the air right out of your. I mean, it just it stinks. What does? Florida, Florida. Florida. <laughs> That was spoilers.